Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I'm your host, Will McFadden. Unfortunately, we are here to break down uh, another Falcons loss. They lost for the first time uh, in Mercedes-Benz Stadium this season, 24-16, to to the Washington Commanders. Here, as he is every Sunday evening, to help me break down this game is former Falcons fullback Ovi Mahaley. Ovi, how you doing, buddy? I, I've had better days, but, you know, hey, I'm I'm alive. The sun is, was shining. It's, it's out now, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm okay. It's 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 okay. Everything's gonna be okay. It, hopefully, is it okay? So you're you're taking a a hopeful tone after after this loss because you know uh, according mm. to social media, which we know lies and is a just horrible help. <laughs> um, the sky is falling. <laughs> the sky is has already fallen, and we're oh, we've died and we're buried under it. Like the, so, why? Let's start right there. Like, why are you a little bit? I guess striking an optimistic tone after what is kind of like a gut wrenching loss. Uh, because defense wins championships, and our defense has continued to show that they have something in them, especially the second half of the game. They clamped down. I think they only what, allowed seven points. Uh, they yeah. didn't. They didn't allow too too much, but that's really good for defense to shut a team down like that. A team that has some offensive weapons. I, I know that. Our guy, Desmond Ritter, needs to uh, improve a lot. But he had enough bright points, enough, you know, made some boneheaded mistakes and uh, didn't take care of the ball. But to see him continue to use Drake more, use Kyle Pitts, who was yeah. obviously injured or something, uh, but still include Kyle Pitts in the game and to get the ball out and to make some good decisions, to move the ball down the field, not finish it off. But there's a lot of hopeful things and. We were never going to win a Super Bowl this year. I said we were a playoff team that could win a playoff game. That's what I still stand by because, yeah. uh, you know, I still feel like we can still turn things around. But I saw enough good things to where disappointed that we didn't build on a great performance last week. But I'm, I'm not going with the skies falling. I'm, I'm not going with last week was just a flash in the pan and the, the real Desmond Ritter is the one who's lost those three games. I'm not convinced yet. Now, he could convince me. <laughs> In the next couple of games, I said yeah. it last week. I was like, "Hey, you know, I'm not convinced that Desmond Ritter is, you know, is, is Tom Brady now because he had one good game. I, 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 I'm hopeful, but he showed me enough good things to where I'm not going to take my Falcons jersey and burn it because the season is a wash. It's, it's not, it's not there yet. But it, it was disappointing because we had this. This is one that you're supposed to win, and at the very minimum, you win the games you're supposed to win. Yeah, I, th- I think that's great perspective. Um, I have a little bit of a different opinion, which I Fair. cannot wait to uh, to share with you. But first, football is back, and Bet Online is the number one information source for all your sports wagering info, with all the up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on stats, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. 
Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. This is the worst loss of the season so far for the Falcons, Ovi. I, is it? Yes, I, I think it's really? worse. I think it's worse than the kind of beatdown on the road against Detroit. And Detroit, I mean, they look like a really good team now. We've lost by more points by other yes, teams, right? Yes, you're just saying like, okay, you're just saying that like emotionally. Yes, oh, I'm saying loss. this is okay. the worst All loss. Right. That's not a factual. This is my, okay. my opinion is this is the right. worst loss so far this season for the Atlanta Falcons. Even though they've they've kind of been blown out, you know, I, you yeah. can kind of define a blowout in whatever terms you want to, but they didn't really feel like they were in either that Detroit game or in that Jacksonville game. But True. you know, on the road, kind of in in both games, London at Detroit, two good teams, you know, in the uh, AFC, and then obviously Detroit in the NFC, who look like they certainly are playoff caliber, and. Yeah. This was a game that you felt at times that you could win and should win. And yeah, it's the commanders. It's the commanders. It's the the Washington commanders. Nobody ever said, Ooh, here come the commanders. Watch out. (laughs) Here come the Washington commanders. I feel scared. Right. They're not a a team that strikes fear in your heart. Now, uh, the chase there, their defensive end, he's he's a stud, you know, but still, (laughs) dude, their whole defensive line, it just filled with studs. They're, they're studs, yeah. but it's just uh, maybe it's just, just my old school take. Like the Washington uh, Redskins, when I was playing Commanders, uh, now they've they just never been a team in the recent modern era that has been one that, oh my gosh, they right. got a Super Bowl caliber, a dominating this and that. There's no way you're moving the ball on them. They're going to score, but they're, they, they've been a, a, a terrible to okay to good teams. And this is a team, even if you want to say they're a good team, that we feel like we're better than on, on, on paper even. Um, especially at the last game, you felt like we had something special and it just didn't didn't show up. So that that that's disappointing is I gotta find more words. I must keep on saying disappointing because I'm I'm disappointed in this disappointing <laughs> performance. I mean, it's it's you kind of look statistically and even just going based on on the way the second half felt. This felt like a very winnable game that is so frustrating because it's one that you just have to point the finger in the mirror and kind of say, this is is why we lost. And that's not to discredit Washington. You know, I was I was there at the game. You could feel they felt like the more like physically imposing, tough team. It was similar to Detroit where they and the Falcons I give a lot of credit, especially in that fourth quarter, kind of in crunch time. I I do think they regrouped a little bit and and got back with it. But there was a moment there in the at the start of the third quarter when I was like, "Ooh, are they going to kind of get up off the mat from the way that this is is starting here?" Where it felt like the Commanders, at least defensively, were really starting to own the line of scrimmage. And I thought Atlanta's offensive line played a, a great game today. I know they didn't run the ball well, but again, if teams are going to just load up the box to try to take it away, they were able to move the ball through the air. They had over 400 yards of offense in this game, Ovi. Like they had wow. 25 first downs. Washington only had 13. 
Washington was two for 10 on third down today. Are you serious? To your point. And we lost? To your point earlier, Washington only had two drives that were longer than 27 yards in this game. And we lost. You know what it was? Special teams. We don't talk about that. That's what happened. I was like, if you look at these stats, like, what the hell happened? Turnovers and special teams. 61-yard punt return. It, the two drives, two touchdown drives were among the drives less than 27 yards. So that yeah. tells you right there, short fields. It's that punt return. Oh, yeah. And it's turnovers. And turnovers. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's something to that, – that's why I was like, I didn't feel like we're just like a, a, a crappy, shitty team. Like, I didn't come away with like – we're terrible. I came away with like we made, you know, terrible mistakes, but I don't think we're a terrible team. But I think that's the and, perspective of a former player. I think yeah. I think fans and and apologies to everybody. I'm not meaning to generalize everybody here, but I he is. <laughs> I think that a lot of people say, okay, well, this is somewhat indicative of flaws of, you know, good teams don't lose these games. Good teams find ways to win these games where you and I, you know, when I hear Arthur Smith say after the game, it, it's a little bit of a snowball effect where it's just kind of one thing that then compounds because maybe it draws your attention a little bit and somebody else is slow reacting and it's one guy this play and then another guy this play and what it's just all operation issues from various things, but it all kind of builds upon itself and that's where you get a feeling like they let this one really get away and they got flustered and rattled in big moments. Yeah. But I think you and I are more apt to just understand that. Yes, sometimes that happens. Like this is a very pressure filled situation. These are big stakes moments. And there's a lot to process in, in all of this that's happening every second. And so, yeah, like I'm with you. I think that this is correctable. I expect them to play a damn good game next week on the road against a division uh, opponent and you could end up in first place in the division with a win next week so right. trust me they're going to be locked in uh, when they start this practice week but i i also understand the hey what the heck man like we've got a defense playing lights out offense yeah you can't have drives of 11 plays 70 yards interception seven plays 59 yards interception those were the last two drives for the Falcon or two of the last three, but they ended in interceptions instead of points. Moving and that's the, the difference. Moving the ball. Yep. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. So here's the thing. And this would be a, a terrible soundbite. I'm sure somebody will do it. Um, I won't clip it. The Falcons, worry. the Falcons are not a good team. We're learning how to be a good team. If we were a good team, we wouldn't have lost this game. So it's just, that's, that's the fact. So even though it, it, it seems kind of off to say we're not a good team because we played well, Good teams don't make these mistakes. Good teams are able to pull together even when they are bending. They will not break, uh, not just on defense, on offense. Like you're, you're bending. You made a mistake. You made two mistakes. You're not making that third one. You're you're figuring out how to get things together and make the right decisions. We're and our quarterback. He's learning how to be a good quarterback. Yeah. He, he's not there yet. He's not there yet. And so we can't be there yet. So we're not a good team yet. But I feel like. We're putting the pieces together. We're putting the building blocks together on how to be a good team. And, and that's exciting because once we get this 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 ish together, once we figure this stuff out, like Im- imagine how dangerous we could be. And we, we've seen at least that Desmond Ritter has it in him. Because the problem yeah. was 
Before that game last week, we didn't know if he had it in him. We were we were wondering if he had that That's dog, if he had that talent, yeah. if he could really apply that. We weren't sure if he could be the guy. But now we know he can, and now we've seen that he has the skill set to even do it multiple times in a row. But he's got to now erase those mistakes, erase those key mistakes that will erase all the good that you've done. So, you know, I'm I'm tending to, to be optimistic, disappointed as hell, but still optimistic about what the Falcons could do, what Ritter could do, because um, we can only have so many moral victories. I will not even call this a moral victory. Uh, we, a loss to where you learn something, because it, it's, it's still cool. It's fun for me to say this, but if you're the players, you don't give a damn that Desmond Ritter learned something or they showed improvement, right. especially on the defensive side. You want that guy to win. You want him to just to, to figure it out, get it together, and he's he's close to doing that. Um, as a fullback and a running back, I, I, I was unimpressed at the offensive line couldn't get those one yard gains. Those those you know we got half the distance to the goal line and we're going to run it. Like that's we, we've done that several times. I've yeah. been in that situation to where they've messed up. <laughs> we're half distance to the goal line. We're going for it. Like yeah. like my boy Matty Ice. Like I, I feel like he was he in the building today. Say, oh, if I had Obi Mahaley and Michael Turner there, it would have been over. Like we don't <laughs> miss one yard gain. One yard, if if it's close inches, one or two yards, we're going for it. We're getting it. Those hogs should feel like their their heart was taken from them because they got stood up at the line. And Algiers too, and he's a dog. I, yeah, I've watched him over years over years. But when they have two guys that are hitting him, it's hard to be that dog when these guys are both twice your size and they're in the three hundred plus club. And you're not, you're not, your weight ain't there yet. So it, it, it hurts <laughs> to see us not excel in that area as well. But man, we we we're, we're it, we we have positives to build off of. It, it'd be tough. If we had nothing. If we just got obliterated again, you're like, what do we do now? But now right. we know what to do. Clean up the mistakes. Let's get back uh, in the saddle. Keep on riding. And again, that that's why I come back to this being, I think, the worst loss. It. it it's because yeah. these these are lessons you kind of have to learn. To your point about you know they're learning to be a good team. These are the hopefully you learn the lessons from this right and apply them next week and yeah. get it corrected and kind of get back on the road. But to to your point, like Desmond Ritter again over three hundred yards passing. He threw two touchdown passes. He started this game. I tweeted this out. So after the Falcons' first drive, seven play drive ends in a touchdown. His EPA per play was 0.97. So EPA is expected points added. So this is basically how many points of value do you add to your offense per play? So he was basically adding one point per play. I get it. They've moved down the field. They score a touchdown. He's responsible for most of that. Like that's not groundbreaking stuff there. However, to give you some context, Patrick Mahomes, when he won the MVP in 2018 with like one of the craziest seasons I, like we've seen recently from a quarterback, his EPA per play was 0.363. So Desmond Ritter was out of his mind in terms of EPA per play on that first drive. Basically, he was perfect on that first drive. After that moment, he was not. He finished this game with a negative <laughs> .04 EPA per play. Yeah. So right. that's kind of that stat right there matches what I think we all saw. It's like even as soon as that second, third drive on for the offense, he was missing balls. Like he was the first, the second play, the throwback where he, he just kind of led Mac Hollins or Carol Hodge. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember who it was, but yeah, just yeah. like 
just kind of missed that throw. And it was like, what do you, you're in your head a little bit. Like you're guiding that instead of throwing it. And there was just a lot more of that from him. And from then on out, he was great. The rest of that first drive, he kind of got that one pass out of his system. And then they got rolling on third down, which he said, getting that first, first down is, is huge for the offense. I mean, yeah. you probably know that as well as anybody, but once they picked up that first down, it was like, cool, we're in our phase. Let's go. And they did, and it was mm-hmm. awesome. But that was kind of the the peak. They peaked, and it was all downhill from there. I saw him miss one of those throws, and, and it's just like I, Matt Ryan would have one of those maybe like once, twice all season. And I, I, I'll see Ritter having those once, twice. And it's unfair to compare him to the guy who was in the building and Ring of Honor guy, Death of the Falcons. Like borderline the Hall of Famer. Uh, yeah, he, exactly. He, he so it's, call it what it is. It, it's semi unfair, but at the same time, college quarterbacks can hit open players, and, and it, I'll give him an exception if somebody's in his face or somebody's draped on top of him. That's fine, but still make a good, a good decision. You can't take three steps back, have time, look at your options, decide where you're going, throw the ball, and miss him. Yeah, like you can't do that. And, and, and like, okay, wait, it's the jitters, it's the crowd noise, it's the whatever. Make excuses for this guy all day. I, I, I can't make excuses when you continue to do this. And, yes, you're doing better and, and you know, interception is going to fix that. But just making plays that are right in front of you. We talked about this a week, a week before last when he lost those two games in a row. He's just missing the wide open guys. Yeah. That, that just has to stop. Like, I, I just can't defend that. I can't help you out. I can't, like, make excuses. No one can, and the fans aren't doing it because they have a very short memory and they do not like to wait for their quarterbacks to get good. And Ritter is getting better, um, but he, he's he's not getting better fast enough. This is the NFL. These games count. You're going to look back at this one and be like, if you missed the playoffs by one game, this is the one you should have had. That that's my whole theme of of this loss is like that's why this one is the worst. That's why this because it, at the end of the season, that's exactly what could happen. Is you look back and let's say it's down between you and Washington for that final wild card spot. Oh, look, yo. this is a tiebreak, and you're going to be like, oh, man, we this we team. really lost this game because of of a delay of game penalty at the two yard line. Right. And and that is the microcosm on, of, of this afternoon because it was a delay of game. And I watched Esmer Ritter very closely and, and they were at the near end zone. So I could see him great from my spe- uh, seat in the press box. And he he kind of looked like stunt. Like, did that really just happen? Disbelief. He's, he thought he got the ball off. And, and I watched the replay and the ball does get snapped, but it's just like a beat too long after the clock has hit Half zero. Sometimes yeah. they'll they'll give it to you because you look down and you look back up and then you look back down and the ball has to be snapped. But it was just like a tick too long. And it was like a mix of disbelief and just like frustration, I think, at himself. But then they compound that. And the very next play, it's the exact same thing. You felt the stadium go like, go, 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 go. Because the clock is like two, one. And they get the snap off just at zero again. And there's kind of... it seems discombobulated from the start, right? Pressure is in Desmond Ritter's face. He's backing up. He literally like throws the ball, jumping backwards. He and Drake London aren't on the same page. Drake cuts inside. The ball's thrown outside. 
and it's the easiest pick in the world for Benjamin St. Just. Yep. And, yep. and then there's a clip afterwards where it, it just, Arthur Smith seems to just be like, just throw it out of the back of the end zone. And that's, that's where you're kind of like, yeah, this is maybe a learning curve game for the team, but they also really needed to be a learning curve game for one specific player. And I know yeah. coaches and teammates won't call out one specific player, but they won't. It's hard to avoid that when you're the quarterback and it's kind of like you just the delay of games on on you or who you know that's the, they'll say it's the operational miscue whether it's the play call getting in too late that would be on the coaches whether it's a player on the sideline they can't fight is not like ready to go in the game like he should be maybe that's an issue but it could also just be that the quarterback is losing track of he's not keeping the time and he's not getting things going and for whatever reason that happened kind of back to back plays that were huge pivotal plays and and that's what's frustrating and you got to see your young quarterback grow and learn from this because otherwise like he's coming around in terms of of the yardage I know he's still missing these passes I just kind of think that's going to be the quarterback that he is he's a little bit of this fastball thrower it's just there's no real like touch or feathering like he's he's a server who's just going to go straight line he's not arcing anything he's not putting any spin on the ball and so if you miss you kind of miss big because there's just no grace but he's he's got to start kind of getting all of the other details cleaned up it's only his 10th start but it's midway through his second season we're running out of onlys with him it's only (laughs) his 11th it's only his 12th it's only his damn in the year for two three years now he's still making the same damn mistakes so uh, I don't know if you saw this. It was uh, Marshawn Lynch talking to Shannon Sharp uh, about Russell Wilson and how no one could tell Russell anything and how he got the special treatment and how, you know, he had to uh, like call somebody else to get to Russell to yeah, tell him yeah. about how to keep people accountable. Ritter ain't Russell Wilson. Ritter should be able to have Clayus Campbell and those of the ball go to him and say, hey, rookie, he's not a rookie, second year, we need you to be better. We need you to hit the open balls. I would hope that there are guys on the offensive side, you know, the guys who have that tenure to come up to him and say, I, I know our our, uh, our linemen, they like to always pick those guys up and talk to the, run- the quarterbacks and coddle them and baby them. We got your back, all this stuff. But somebody needs to shake them and say, you can do better. So do better. I mean, when you know better, do better. You know how to be a quarterback. You know how to make passes. You know how to uh, how to be uh, accountable. Just to do that. So I, I need somebody to shake him and not be hindered or put on the baby gloves when they're going to talk to him, but really say, we can't be who we want to be if you're not who you want to be. So if, if that conversation is not happening, it needs to. I would hope that, that there, there's somebody who realizes the power of not just a coach Say, hey, Des, you know, we need you to do this. We want yeah. you to do that. Like, and, and there are people who are afraid of breaking quarterbacks, especially young quarterbacks. They're afraid of hurting their confidence or breaking their their uh, their psyche or their their ego. And and so they keep on, you know, uh, if you don't mind, uh, if it's all right with you, uh, pardon me, excuse me. What is uh, that Des, voice? Uh, <laughs> it's just the, it's the, the voice of somebody who's trying not to, uh, 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 you know, hurt his feelings. He's That's, like, tell us of, what you really I, think about coaches, yeah, yeah. Ovi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I know I've seen it, it I, yeah. I, from Baltimore to Atlanta to you know doing TV and radio. I've seen the players and the coaches who treat certain quarterbacks like they're breakable. Some of them are. 
Some of them, you know, you go there too hard, and then you break their psyche when you when you demand not even perfection, but you demand excellence. They they're just like, uh, they they, they just crack. Des, I don't think would do that. So I feel like you got to lay into him. He doesn't seem like the guy who would, you know, not be okay with constructive criticism. You right. can criticize and need to criticize the hell out of him because his games have not been okay. And when you hold him to a higher standard at the player level, that that's when things I think are, are really going to change. And then the small mistakes, is he knows uh, what as he goes, the team goes. He knows that. Yeah. But hearing that. With somebody looking him in the eye and staring him down and letting him know exactly what they need out of him and exactly what they're, they're going to or all they're going to uh, to uh, expect from him, or it, it's it's different. It's very very different. The Falcons need to get Desmond to play at a higher level, and it's going to only come if the players push that narrative. I do think, or at least I've I've seen a a sign that that is at least the players are aware of the status of kind of how this team is, is I, identity is shaping up. And it was at the end of Drake London's uh, kind of press bubble in the uh, locker room after last week's win, right? The big offensive breakout game um, for Atlanta. So maybe it was a, a better time, a, a more hopeful time. And, and he could say something like this, but it was just at the very tail end. And I think most of the reporters had, had left already. And so I just wrote it down. I didn't even have my phone out recording. Um, but he said, yeah, he was asked just kind of like the offense feeling like they wanted to do this for the defense, right? Like if if they wanted they owed the defense a, a big game. And you know, he's yeah. like, I think that's every week as an offense, we've we've kind of let them down. So I like yes. I think they're aware of hey, we gotta like the defense is keeping us in every single game. You brought up Calais Campbell, hundredth yeah. career sack. How cool was that? One double O. How is that? That's so cool. Like I think he got at least one sack off me uh, throughout my playing days. Like he he ran over me and mauled me one time. But he's just a, an amazing human being, uh, a great guy. He deserves it more than anybody else. I'm, a, I'm afraid that uh, that might be the signal that this might be his last year. <laughs> he's, he was <laughs> he's saying lost, he's, lost, he won- he's reached the goal. He, he said like this is what he wants to do before he retires, and now yeah. he's done this, man. And, and there were times where Calais seemed. Old and slow. There is what, well, and he's an amazing guy. But there is uh, early on in the game, quarterback was booting out. Clay was running at him. He seemed like every step hurt. <laughs> and I, um, I know about that ninth, tenth year. Every step hurting. The man looked like he was. There was no way to catch him. But he was moving. He was trying. So I, who knows? But anything can happen. I mean, I mean, the chances of winning a Super Bowl this year are slim. But I will. I want us to go as far as we can for Calais because. The man's put in the work and yeah. came back and has helped this team in great ways. So I'm hoping that we give our full effort because, you know, who knows when your last year is going to be. It could be this year for him. It was also very sweet right before the game. Um, he came over and I, I think he does this before every home game, but his son and kind of his family were right there in the suites, right behind the end zone. And he just kind of he like was doing this with his son flexing and his son was like, Papa, and like kind of banging. I was like, oh, this is so sweet, man. So adorable. it was awesome to see, to know that he got his hundredth sack. Honestly, like At right home. in that end zone, like right in yeah. front of his son. That is so cool, man. Like, so in a loss, Amazing. those are the best kinds of silver linings. Yeah. Uh, and I hope the Falcons take this loss seriously, you know? Yeah. Th- but there were some good signs that 
kind of came out of this bad loss, mostly defensively five sacks that matches your season total. Again, we mentioned how well kind of like if you look at the team stats in the box score, they're really lopsided in Atlanta's favor in a lot of big categories. It's just this was a loss that came down to the details. It came down to a punk coverage mistake. It came down to poor execution at the one yard line. It came down to poor like poor decision making in critical moments. These are the finer points of NFL play. And it's usually what decides games when the teams are pretty evenly matched. And that's what this game was. So I don't want to harp on it too much, but I do think there's a lot to learn from this game. And again, they need to get on that and apply it quickly because we got Tampa on the road in a big, big matchup uh, next week. They they, they went today, Tampa. No. So every team in the NFC South lost today. So that is the only good good. news. So if, if the Falcons beat Tampa next week, you know, uh, just off the top of my head, that should put them, uh, you know, in first place uh, in the NFC South maybe tied with Tampa record-wise, but they'd have a tie break. So that's a big game um, next week because this path, the path to the playoffs for the Falcons has always been win your division, right? Yeah. They, like now more than ever, a loss like this, yeah. a loss to Detroit or like they're, they're losing some of these NFC games. Uh, so mm-hmm. you're, you're really going to need to win your division game. So that's a big one, but we're about to wrap things up. Ovi, you got anything uh, before we get out of here? Yeah, I mean, I, I saw some talk about the uh, uh, the the coaches and the coaching. People weren't happy about mm. some of the mistakes. Yeah, that the we two point conversion. Yep. yep. People weren't, weren't happy about the mistakes that something we're putting putting on Ritter uh, and you know not getting the ball in time and saying that these are coaching mistakes and some of these are are, are coaching things that need to be cleaned up and uh, it's hard because you never know if they gave the right play, gave the right thing, somebody's sleeping on the job or whatever, but. The coaches, if you're not coaching that way, you're you're allowing it to happen. Uh, is what they always say, and either way is is wrong. Uh, I doubt they're coaching that way, but they got to find a way somehow. Arthur Smith to get his team to keep from shooting themselves in the foot. Those self inflicted penalties are yeah. the hardest one. Those self inflicted wounds are the hardest ones. The team like we have to where we're not blowing anybody out. We're not dominating uh, yet, hopefully. But you know, we're the type of team that we can't. Make mistakes. We just can't. Yeah. Like the margin. We're going to have a fumble interception. The margin of error is so small. So I'm just hoping that, you know, we can tighten up a little bit on the coaching side and and just, uh, I think Arthur Smith is great, but I I need him to make sure that I actually didn't have an issue with the coaching today. To me, it was the execution. But again, to your point, it's like you would hope to see the coaching staff be able to step in and figure it out while the snowball is gathering momentum instead of letting it gather momentum and crush you. Like, yeah, you so want to find, trust find your a coaches way, to yeah intervene. Find a find a way to stop the bleeding. Yep. you know, uh, even if it's just temporarily, stop the bleeding. And so if there if there is a way that they can hold themselves to to task as well yep. and say, you know what, because it's it's always what can I do? E- even when the defense was messed up and I was playing, it was always like we come together as a running back group. All right, what can we do better? If, yep. if the quarterbacks messing up, what can we do better? Control we can control. And as the coaches, they got to say, all right we got to step our game up because there has to be, has to be a way that we can win games that are so winnable and you can smell, you can taste it, but it just didn't happen. So if the coaches push themselves a little bit harder, it won't be the worst thing in the world. I I did want to mention real quick, just before we get out of here, because I did see a lot of people kind of saying what the heck was going on with the two point conversion. This is something that 
if you look at kind of the philosophy, it's that by going for two earlier in the game, you kind of improve your chances of of winning without really decreasing your chances of losing because there's still you're making that decision earlier with enough time to then make other decisions with that remaining amount of time knowing what you know about how that two-point conversion went whether you got it or didn't get it you now know and can act in the future differently in a way that still Mm -hmm. allows you to win a game as opposed to doing it with like no time left on the clock and it's literally all right a do or die play you're still living after the outcome as the falcons were and we saw that there were other moments where if they had scored you know a touchdown if they had then kicked a field goal or what have you that Maybe that doesn't come into play, but I I personally think this one was a little bit like inside your own head a little too much because Arthur Smith mentioned when asked about this that they'd done it two times before last year against LA and against Tampa. I believe those were both road games and this is a game at home. So if you're going to try to say, okay, let's we're playing for the win, you know, we're, we're, <coughs> we're getting the momentum and now we're going for two and we're going to be up by or down by six. So now a touchdown and we win the game. But that makes a lot of sense on the road. If you're playing at home, I don't know. That's a little bit of a weird... That to me signals that they were like, Washington right now is playing a very good game. They're playing like the better team. We Maybe that was the coaching trying to intervene a little bit yeah. and press something. But I just wanted to note that that's at least my take of why that all went down. Again, I don't necessarily agree with going forward today, but the philosophy is that it's all about being able to make future decisions with knowledge at hand before making one do or die decision at the end of the game. You kind of make that decision earlier. Um, So yeah, so that's kind of everything we got for this game. I thought that was a great pod by you, Ovi. You really brought the energy today. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was a good one. Um, If you enjoy this pod as well, please just... Tell one person, you know, that that's all we ask. We you don't you need even, to, you know, I don't yeah, need another just, Twitter follower. Just just tell one person in your life about yeah. this great Falcons podcast uh, and it would be a big help. Uh, if you have any notes, any comments, any questions for the mailbag, uh, send them to believe in Falcons at gmail.com. As always, today's episode was presented by Bet Online. I'm Will McFadden. That's Ovi Mahaley. We'll see you guys again on Thursday. Until then, take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.